You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Desperate Housewives After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Desperate Housewives After Show. That's right, it is AfterBuzz TV's Desperate Housewives show. Hi everybody, how you doing? I'm Derek Shore. Bing is for doing, and we're here doing another week of Desperate Housewives. Aren't we, Roxy Stryer? This sounds so funny coming out of your mouth. There are so many funny things that are about to come out of my mouth tonight. In fact, we just about had a laugh attack before the show here, because I was feeling a bit parched. And um, this mug, Phil, thank you so much for bringing this water. And as I was about to take a nice, tasty sip, I noticed this bright pink lip gloss or lipstick <laughs> all over it. Mm. Who's I mean, going to be fired for that one, Listen, Derek? I, I think it actually might be my lip gloss that's on that's on this cup. But um, whoever... I, I don't know why I think it's so funny. I don't know why I think it's so How funny either. How much do I have to pay you to drink it? So the good news is uh, we don't wash the mugs here at After Buzz. No, can I tell you the truth? The bad though? news is... I'm going to tell you the truth, Tell though. me the truth. You went and you stole this mug here, from you some know other why, host. No, no. Want to know why Roxy's laughing hysterically? Because it's hers? No, because her and I planned this, yeah, this and is... she thought you would actually use it. Uh, April Fool's Day is next week, Phil, I'm and I'm not buying it. I am not buying it. I don't know which... Was it one of the WWE wrestlers who left their mug in here? Vampires came in. Uh, that's probably what it is. Well, listen, I know I've been told I'm a little difficult to work with. I have high standards and very extreme expectations for the show. Uh, apparently, I've got to add another thing to my list because germs from someone else is um, just not what I'm going for. <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about Desperate Housewives, final season eight. This is episode 18, and we're kind of bummed out because there are only a few episodes left, but it's great because I feel like there are a lot of fans we out there 24? who are... 24? How many episodes? Well, I think typically there are 23 episodes 23. in a season, but I'm not quite sure how ABC is doing this because the final episode, the finale, the series finale is two hours, right. so maybe that counts as two episodes. I'm okay. not sure, but I think we only have about four more. Bing is for doing. I know. I seriously, right? Bing is for doing. If you're not using Bing.com, you really got to check it out. So, <laughs> listen, these last few episodes, uh, I can tell that the Twitterverse is, was kind of blowing up today. And I, I love getting these comments on Twitter. I know you get them too, Roxy. They're great. Totally oh. great. And all the iTunes comments as well. When you tweeted at me earlier this week to tell me that people had been commenting on our shows on iTunes, that was really touching. So all of you who, who have spent time doing that... It means so much, really. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. Oh, 
I know. So keep on with the iTunes. The YouTube comments are great too, but we need the iTunes rating. So yeah. five star us and well, that would be ten and that doesn't exist. So just one hand, five star. If you're listening on iTunes, you can even see my hand. Well, and the reason it's so important is because for people who have never heard of AfterBuzz, there may be other super fans out there who haven't discovered the content. And when you go online to iTunes and you're rating the content and you're rating our shows, then that just helps increase the visibility and hopefully we'll get more people tuning in and listening every week. So that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing yep. at all. Awesome. Okay, when tonight's episode started, I totally burst out uh, laughing because... That seems to be a theme of the night. <laughs> we have just been on one tonight. I don't know what it is. I really enjoyed the episode tonight. And I know mm-hmm. normally I think that I'm kind of the Lynette of the, of the lane. This week, I'm definitely the Renee. Because the funny coincidence is that this episode opens and Renee is desperate to be proposed to. She's waiting for Ben's proposal and, you know, wonder, all these different scenarios are happening and she's wondering when he's going to pop the big question. This morning, I was teasing my boyfriend, like, when am, when am I getting my ring? When am I getting my ring? A, a, a week from now is my birthday. And I said, listen, I don't want anything for my birthday except a proposal. He's looking at me like I'm crazy. We've only been dating for six months. But I said, if you've got to go on Amazon.com and order a ring for me, I don't care what it takes. Order the effing ring. So do you think it's going to happen? No, absolutely not. Matt, <laughs> unlike me, Matt is actually sane. So anyway, I got a good laugh out of out of Renee's uh, out of Renee's scene. Wait, I was ben. saying before though, why are we Mattless tonight? Oh, because you know Matt gets up at five in the morning. He's got to work. He can't do these late nights with us. Maybe next week, Roxy. I'm okay. sorry. Actually, not next week because it's my birthday. We'll discuss that later though. Okay. So. The proposal actually does happen with Renee and Ben, and then there's a knock at the door. And Could you call it a proposal? Well, he didn't quite get there. Well, she kind of fished through his jacket and pulled the ring out, but not until the cops had had shown up at the front door right. and told told him that he needed to come down to the station and answer some questions. You know what's funny about this show, Desperate Housewives? It doesn't matter who you are on Wisteria Lane. I swear, on average, they each make a trip down to the local police station like five times, right? A season? Doesn't it feel like Definitely. each character is always sitting in some detective's office? For something or other, yeah, always. Yeah. I don't even, I can't think of the exact reason why, but I was thinking about that tonight. Like, is that normal for people to get called down to the station that often? I mean, I've never been called down to the police station. I've, I've never had a family member, a friend, nothing. So. No. No, not at all. But for I, them, I think it's I would so be normal. Like panicked if a cop knocked on my door. Absolutely, didn't really tell me why I was going down. But these women are like, no problem. All right, okay. I know. And Renee was like, "I've got my ring. Go have fun at the police station. Party on. Like, close the door and just went to relax in the living room." Or Bree last week on her way out to the funeral. Oh, I can't go to the funeral. I have to go to the police station. Okay. Right. Are you done with your questions? I got to get back to the funeral. Okay. I mean, they go as casually to the police station. Yes. Want to get coffee? No. Want to go to Starbucks? Police station. Yeah. No problem. (laughs) I love the police station. Okay. More comfortable than Starbucks. Anyway, so it's clear then that Renee is a bit pushy, and she inevitably gets what she wants. And in this case, she got a huge diamond on her finger. Okay. I kind of feel bad for Renee though, because you were saying you feel like her this week, and sometimes I feel like her too, but in in a different way I feel like she's always the last to know you know she she uh, never yes. is in the know how and this one's gonna really hurt her it's gonna come out that Ben knows what happened you mean about the body about the body and all these other women who are our best friends they all did this thing together and Renee 
completely on the outside. Well, you know what's interesting about that is Renee has, like, later in this episode when she is giving a pep talk to Lynette about getting back together with Tom, and she says, you've got you've to really go for him. You've got to fight for him. Yeah. Renee is a no BS kind of woman, yeah. and she usually has kind of an interesting perspective on things because she tells it like it is. She, You never have to wonder what Renee is thinking. And w- what I thought was interesting while watching tonight's episode was I wondered what her perspective on the whole body in the woods thing would have been. You know, because maybe she could I think we're going to get there. I think, well, yeah, eventually she's got to find out, right? But it may be too late for Brie by the time Renee comes onto the scene. I know. I just feel bad for her. I really feel like she could have kept the secret and... It's going to really hurt her that they didn't trust her enough. I think she could have kept the secret, and I think she could have offered some advice as well about how to handle things. Yeah, she has a different view than any of the rest of the girls on the lane, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. She's a total badass. She was raised where? Like Brooklyn Brooklyn or something yeah, in the Bronx? Yeah, she's a complete badass. And also, I feel like now that she's engaged to Ben, and you know, you're supposed to know all your partner's secrets. It's sad. Mm. I feel bad for her. I don't know. I think she's a big girl. I think she'll get over it. That's true, but remember there was that whole thing in the beginning, too, where she thought Brie was kind of hitting on Ben, and now they have this secret together. I don't know. Maybe too many secrets for her. Maybe she needs to move back to the East Coast. Huh. Well, in any case, I really like where where Renee's character has gone, because you know how sometimes we, we've talked about a few times this season how Renee seems kind of like a one-trick pony? When Nicolette yeah. Sheridan's character was killed off and Vanessa Williams came in as yeah. Renee, it was almost like a, just a transplant. You know, different skin color and different name and different hair extensions. And we like her incredibly more, but yeah. We, we like Vanessa Williams more? Yeah, so much more. Why do you like her so much more? I not than Edie, but then Nicolette Sheridan. So oh, in real life, yeah. What do you mean you don't like Nicolette Sheridan in real life? She's supposed to be super easy to work with. That's what I hear. Yeah, she's supposed I, to be great. Why I could possibly not? <laughs> I'm just saying I I just have a lot of respect for Vanessa Williams, and there's a reason she keeps getting cast over and over again. Oh, she is such a phenomenal actor. She is versatile. She's a hard worker. She's I I think I mentioned once that I saw her in downtown L. A. in a in a show. No, no. Yeah, I saw her in a Stephen Sondheim musical, Into the Woods, and great. she played the witch. And she is she is great. She really knows how to take command of a stage. I would love to see her. Well, maybe you'll get your chance. You know, last week in News and Gossip, we talked about her being the first uh, woman on the lane to be cast in a new pilot. That's true. Yeah. So we'll see. That holding deal paid off for her well. The... um this episode it took a couple of turns that that I was not quite expecting, specifically with Andrew's return to Bree's household. I gotta say, this made me so incredibly nervous. Me too. I was thinking, okay, ABC, please pull this together. What kind of lesson are you going to teach the world right now? This is going to be really bad. I've got Andrew, who finally comes out to his mother, and it takes her years and years to get used to the fact that he's queer, he's here, and she's used to it, like she says tonight. But we, we see him, and he's like, Mom, no, you told me. All it would take was for me to get the right girl, and then I would stop being gay, and you were right. And I was sitting there like... Okay, what what is this lesson? Dear God, like who wrote this episode? This is bad. This is not going somewhere good. But you know so, that there were mothers across America who have like, been in the same situation. They're like, that's yes, right. That's, that's right. Being gay for. is a choice. I'm waiting for my son or daughter to exactly. snap out of it. And TV agrees with me, so I must be right. right. Uh, but then we see, of course, the motives behind it are money. Phew. It makes Jesus Andrew Christ. look like a complete idiot, by the way. Yeah. He's going to marry some girl for money. 
I I guess, but uh, I don't know. I, I I liked this because at least it wasn't where I thought it was going. Yeah, yeah. I like seeing Andrew in the plot line. We don't see him a lot anymore. I think he's interesting. I like this girl. I felt really bad for her. She seemed sad. You liked the girl? I liked her. She was so annoying. Are no, you kidding me? I didn't think she was annoying at all. Roxy, come on. She had fat girl syndrome. And she's skinny now, and I feel bad. She was taking pictures of her food and talking to it like, hey, little I guy, I'm going to get a nice little perspective on I Smile. Mean, no, I didn't. That was creepy. I didn't say I wanted to be my friend, but I liked her. I thought she was endearing. Everybody has their quirks. I they me. <laughs> okay, so you didn't like her at all. You wanted her gone. You never want to see her again. I mean, I thought she was so over-the-top annoying that... For Andrew to think that he was going to pull the wool over anyone's eyes and have his mother truly convinced that he was in love with this girl and crazy about her and they laughed at each other's jokes and went to the movies together, come on. It just was not – it was overplayed for Well, me. I turned to you and I was like, maybe she's a tranny. <laughs> yes, was, because gay men are usually attracted to men who have sex changes. No, I'm not saying that. And invert their I penises into vaginas. Yes, that is super sexy for a gay man. I mean, some people are... After Buzz TV exclusive. What about... What, what about lesson are you Andrew? trying to teach America? That's also true. But what about the fact that all of Andrew's friends were just the most stereotypical gay guy? It was, the, the way that gay is depicted in this scene is like... Oh dear God! This none of this is great. We've got these two guys. I'm Brian with a Y. This is Brian with an I. Yeah, and oh, there's like oh like dance trance music playing in the background, and yeah. they're all wearing sweater Love vests. Your shoes. Well, mm. you know what's funny? So the, those two guys who walked up in that whole gay scene, of course, uh, there oh. is someone. I'm like, wait, I know that guy. Who is that guy? The guy in the red sweater in tonight's episode. And then 15 minutes later, you pause the show. And, and I was scream like, out. And I was like, I've got it. it. It was bugging me. I was like, how do I know him? How do I know him? How do I know him? And then you're right. I paused <laughs> the show and I was like, he was in my boot camp class like, at Gold's. Who was in your boot camp class at Gold's? <laughs> we used to do burpees together every morning at 6.30 a.m. Do you like, know what one of burpees is? Like burp, burp. No, burpees. They're, it's a boot camp thing. It's where you do like a, you do a push up, but then you jump up and do it like a jumping jack. <laughs> I like that better. That's my form of exercise. <laughs> uh, horrible, horrible. Actually, Phil, why do we have that, that sounds sound remarkable, remarkably like the sound I made when I saw this lovely, uh, clean mug you brought for me tonight. Hmm. Kind of like Is it safe for me to drink this one? Is it safe? I mean, chances are it's not even water in the cup, so proceed okay at that. your own risk, Roxy. <laughs> as no. long as it starts with a V and ends with an vodka instead of water, I'm okay. <laughs> Ooh, I like where you're taking this one. No, seriously, the the gay stereotypes on this show are... We've talked about stereotypes a few times yeah. in past episodes because stereotypes, I do think... I don't think they're always bad. A stereotype can introduce you to, I don't know, it can make you think differently about a group of people. Oftentimes, we stereotypes are created on truth, right? And it helps right. us laugh or or get into a subject that maybe sometimes we feel uncomfortable with. I do feel, however, that so often when we see gay portrayals on this show... It, it's it's like this scenario tonight at Bree's house when there's the dance party and all of these guys are being super over the top, sweaters tied around the neck. Right. Because if I had a party at my house, you would see, first of all, it wouldn't be all gay men. There would be like, there there could be some gay would men. Would I be there? Am I invited? Well, of course. I mean, it would be. 
how boring is that if everyone at your party looks the same? Oh, they're all 25-year-old, like, gay robots wearing sweaters and listening to But Dion it's so Summer. weird because Andrew's so not like that. He doesn't seem like that at all to me. No, he just seems like a conniving evil dude who's going to marry a girl for her money. Was I the only one, and maybe this is just my sick, twisted brain, but Andrew and Bree were flirting. <laughs> They were sitting down having a conversation, hardcore flirting. Okay, so this is like, uh, one step away from step away from jumping her bones. <laughs> he was like winking at her. Okay, but like, this was after the girl, after Mary Beth yeah. was sent packing, and after all of that. I have a problem. It probably didn't happen. It was all in my head, but I was like, I really feel like they're connecting here. And like, when Bree was like, mother, "I'll I'll pay off your credit card debt." Yeah. Like winking at him She's and like, flipping her hair. Don't you want to come to me for help? You know, you know I'll I, help that, you. That was not my take on it, but I can see how that was yours. Something's off tonight. Something's it may off. be your sick and twisted thing. Uh, that is so classic her. Yeah, that nah, was so nah. classic her. <laughs> Whose voice is that, by the way? Please tell me that wasn't me. Um, the, the, for me, though, the takeaway in this whole scenario was I thought it ended really well because honestly, I do know people who have who have been in marriages of convenience and I'm not just talking about a guy who's obviously gay and a woman who they get married and they decide to be friends but kind of have an open relationship whatever I know a lot of people do that and it works but I don't know a lot of people who do that oh, does that happen often hey I'm born and raised in Salt Lake City oh, like yeah, the okay. closeted gay capital of the world and I know way more people in that scenario than you would imagine yikes yikes indeed um all for jesus anyway so the um i liked how this scene ended though because i thought Bree's message to mary beth was really really powerful it was kind of heartbreaking when she opened up to Bree and said well okay i i liked her more i liked Liked her more at that point because she opened up to Bree and she said listen i used to be a fat girl and i've always been alone and then i met andrew and he was so great and blah 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 i know he's gay but i just love spending time with him and and renee said or Bree said no no mary beth listen you deserve to find love you deserve to find someone in your life who's going to make you feel happy not just a companion to spend time with but someone to really love you and i think that is so if if you've ever been in love before there is a total difference between just like hanging out with someone because you enjoy their company and being in like a convenient friendship roommate situation i've been there it sucks it really sucks after a while but it was really interesting to me especially because it was coming from brie brie being the only woman on the lane who has no man in her life yeah and her using these words of support to a younger girl, I, I didn't see that coming. So No man in her life, but she has known what it's like. After Orson and after all the drama with Rex, her first husband who died, she had that fling with, I can't believe I'm going to mention his name because I'm going to lose Green. it. <laughs> Thank you for saying it, Brian Austin Green. Oh, he's so oh, hot. Oh. He's not that I just don't get it. Anyway, he's with Megan Fox. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, boo. Well, it's like when I thought that Jesse Metcalf was so beautiful, but then I talked to him at one of our gifting suites, and he wasn't very nice to me. You're kidding. Mm-mm. Okay, talk about an AfterBuzz exclusive. Where is the sound effect for this? AfterBuzz TV no, exclusive. Really what we need is that thing that's like, the views expressed by... The views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. Thank you. And now tell us what a douche Jesse Metcalf is. He just was, I don't know. He just was a douche. Why? He what just happened? was. He walked in with his girlfriend, all high and mighty, and was like, I don't need to talk to you. 
I don't need to talk to you. I'm going to do You know this. who you will have to talk to? I'm going to patch in a fan, and they let's see if they dispute you. Oh, okay. all Here right. Here we go. Who's Call our fan? you on the line. Fan, can you hear us? Yeah, hi. Hey, what's Susie. up? Hi, Susie. Susie, our Twitter friend. Yes, hi. Awesome. Um, Thanks for calling in. Sorry about you. Sorry about your mug, Derek. <laughs> Can you believe it? What would you do? That was actually do? Susie. Susie and I, from, Susie's from Virginia, right, Susie? Yes, I am. Yeah, we planned this a long time ago because wow. we knew you were going to be here for April 1st. Susie, you're a little bit late. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not late, but late time zone. Isn't it like 2 in the morning there? It is, but I don't have class until 3 p.m. today, All I guess. All right. So. Susie's Whatever. a trooper, and I have to say thank you on air to Susie because I'm walking in a 24-hour Relay for Life race, and Susie donated money to my team. That is awesome. Susie, that's Aww. really cool. Susie's the best. Thanks, and of course, um, it's for a great cause, so I was happy to do it. Very true. Um, I, I love your police station jokes, like <laughs> how they just go to the police station all the time. That's I mean, just, it's, like, cra- it's so crazy, fun. right? Yes. Um, and I know you ta- you already talked about Renee, and I just want to say, um, I like Vanessa Williams like you guys do, but, I mean, I've never really been a big fan of Renee. I mean, I, ju- I, mean, I just didn't see the point of her character when she came on. You so, know what? I don't know. But- totally. And, and I think that despite... You know, we've gotten to know her better this season, and we heard about the death of her mother and all of these other things. I I like Renee because she is played by Vanessa Williams. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I I still think the character is a little bit one-dimensional. Yeah, I think it's really weird. They brought her on the show, and they don't use her to her full potential. Like, they brought her on the show to be the outsider. It was kind of weird. Yeah. And they knew they were only going to have, what, like, two more two more seasons. They knew they weren't going to have that many more seasons when she came on. I don't understand why they needed to, like, add a whole other character. They could have, like, used the other people. Like, where are Bob and Lee anymore? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a good or point. The, or, like, the kids or, like, any of them. But I don't know. But good for her and Ben. Whatever. Um, and they must recognize I, I, this about her because they never, and last week they didn't have flashbacks of her. They realize that she's not a main character. Yet when we look at this picture, if you're watching on the screen, uh, it's the intro picture of all the women. And yeah. Renee's in the middle and they try to throw her in as one of the lead ladies. But, yeah. but then they don't fully put her in. It's strange. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um I have like this whole note. I I like literally typed up everything I thought about the episode. So I'm just gonna like read what I have. If that's okay, go uh, for it. I love that you are okay. a true super fan, Susie. That is that is because we take notes during the show as well. And that's what I was doing after. I was like, I better type stuff up so I can like tell them. Um, <laughs> I love but, it. But yeah. Oh, and the for the Brie thing, like I wish they had just brought a uh, brought. Wait, what's God, now I'm blanking on his name. What's his name? Andrew, her he, son. He, yeah, Andrew. And yeah. He said it like twenty times. Um, I just wish they brought him in like in a different way. Like, why did he? I don't understand why he needed to have a girlfriend. I mean, sure it was funny, like haha. But I mean, I don't know. I wish they brought him in some way, like. Like in a different way. That's a good point. 
Well, and and for, I also think it's kind of a bummer too because we have seen Andrew's been with the show from from season one, right? Right. And he was a teenager with his sister when his, you know, Bree and Rex their marriage was failing, and then Rex died. Whatever. I feel like. Then, once there was that long gap, remember when Gabby, like, went through her ugly period and when all this other stuff happened and Susan Mike had an MJ, there was this huge gap where suddenly adult Andrew was back on the series and yeah, he, and and he, he had grown up. for her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he had grown up and matured and he was no longer this troublemaking punk kid, but he was a yeah. responsible adult. And then in this episode, I feel like he's back to being just kind of a bratty teenager and hey newsflash yeah, i'm not gay anymore i'm marrying a girl for her money i just thought it was not yeah. and we don't even know what happened like after after he left i guess he broke up with his fiance or who or husband or whatever and we don't even know what happened like why is he broke what uh, what is he doing I yeah know, that's true they try to wrap it up in one sentence and i notice that they're doing this they're freaking out basically that desperate housewives is about to come to an end so they bring back all these kids all the kids that have been here for so long we've got julie came back for susan um what's max martinson's name on the show who is lynette's son the twins. Oh, I don't know. Porter? Uh, yeah. Porter. Porter and, and Preston. And Preston. Yeah. Thank you, Susie. They come back on, and now he has a kid with Julie, and they just want to throw him back on the show, and they um, have Juanita with this weird cat situation, and she almost <laughs> falls off the roof. That had, like, nothing to do with the rest of the episode, and Andrew's back yeah. for Bree now. It's like, all these kids are coming back. MJ wasn't on the entire season, and now he's back on. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Like, these kids that, have been... That's bothered me. Yeah. Yeah, these kids have been nowhere for the past year, two years, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, we've got a couple episodes left. We've got to tie these <laughs> stories up. Let's get these kids in here. Well, and also, didn't Bob and Lee adopt yeah. that 12-year-old girl, oh, yeah. blonde girl with the curly hair? They moved they, off the street. <laughs> seriously, they are long forgotten. Yeah. But, well, he was in the episode last week with the flashback when they were like doing the his will like Mike's oh, yeah. will but that was in the flashback and then we but. haven't seen Karen tonight either McCluskey oh, oh yeah. yeah we didn't see or Ray her yeah. We didn't see them at all this yeah. episode. So yeah, they, sure. they had one storyline, and then what? They're you know what? I swear that Karen and Ray's storyline was just being used as a vehicle to add a bit of drama yeah. into Mike's whole death. Like, Same with the which, cat thing. and yeah, Juanita exactly. and the cat. Like which one of these people are, are going to die? But we couldn't have Karen suddenly die unless we saw this dramatic scene with her brain tumor. And I was kind of pissed about that. I was like, eh, I'm smarter than that. I know. We already found out who was going to yeah. die way before the episode aired. So don't. Don't tease me with all these things when I know they're not going to happen. But I will say, I'm sticking with it because it was a great episode tonight. As much as I'm like, oh, they're throwing a lot of stuff in there and I'm kind of annoyed with them, I'm enjoying it and I'm going to have faith. I'm going to have faith. My, I'm still worried about Bree's future. But what my, I think my favorite part of tonight was the whole Tom, Lynette, Jane scenario. Oh. Uh, that's one thing I definitely wanted to say. Sorry. Yeah, go for I, it. I, I'm sorry, we, um one thing that I loved tonight, and they I feel like they've showed it like all season really, is Penny and Lynette's relationship. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's like I just love how how she like how Lynette's helping her deal with the divorce and stuff like that and yeah. how Penny and how Penny's helping her deal with it. And I don't know, I just I just love it. And tonight was definitely 
a big part of it, and I really, I don't know, I really love that. I agree, uh, and I love the relationship, but I'm struggling a little bit with the fact that Lynette is asking Penny to help her get back Tom when, yeah, you know, it's hard. Penny's still young. How old is she, like 15? Yeah, maybe even younger. But no, but that, I mean, that was something where I was definitely like, I do love that, that like the relationship is like so good like that. But I don't, I don't know if it was crossing the line, like exactly. lying, like yeah, like see, helping, I don't, I don't yeah. think it crossed the line at all, and this is why. As a child of divorce myself, um, do we have any dramatic music we could maybe play under the story? Or we could just play the wedding bells again. <laughs> Seriously. No. So growing up, my, my mother is this amazing, amazing woman who lives in Salt Lake City. But she happened to marry a couple total D-bags, right? I mean, she had really bad luck in marriage. Totally, totally unjust scenario. But when we were kids and all of this stuff was going on, I think kids are really smart or at least I was a pretty smart kid, and aware of what was going on, you know when your parent's upset. You know when there's another woman or another man in the relationship and your parents are trying to date or figure things out. I mean, at 15... Oh, thank you so much, Phil, for this music. When I was a young boy growing up... Lifetime movie exclusive next week. No, I think that Penny is old enough to know all of the details that have been going on, and I really liked the fact that Lynette and Penny were able to team up. You know, they were they were a team to try to get Jane away from Tom I for a agree, while. I agree, but the problem is what is this from? I know what this American is from. American Beauty. There we go. That's it. Okay, so the problem is if it doesn't work out and if Tom ends up with Jane, now Lynette has put Penny in between and Penny has to choose and I, I don't like where it puts the kid. But Penny already said, you know what? I think, Mom, you're a fighter and you're going to get him back because it's meant to happen. Yeah. Penny already, I mean, she knows her parents better than anyone yeah yeah and it, it's not like they cheated on each other they, did, they didn't like cheat on each other and penny knows that i think like if it, if they if one of them cheated on the other then maybe it would have been a different story but i think penny knows that it's not like that yeah okay Susie, were you nervous when tom came to the door and lynette had the whole house filled with candles were you because oh, well, roxy was next to me freaking out like oh no something bad's gonna happen oh, yeah, I was like, wait, what? Is she making a romantic dinner? And he's going to walk in and be like, what? Or, like, what is going on? Well, and then my other thought was, like, there are too many candles. I was like, <laughs> so did I. Like, there are just too many candles in here. But, but what I did think about that was I thought it was actually going to work. I didn't think that, you know, he's going to get burned and yeah. he's going to turn on the light and then he's going to storm out like that. Right. For a while there, uh, it, it looked like it was But I'm, cl- I'm kind of glad about that because it shouldn't be that easy of a fight. She shouldn't be able yeah. to just get him back like that. But I knew the second that everything happened, I was like, She's going to be an idiot and turn on the lights. She's I thought, be an idiot I thought one of the, the kids lights. was going to come home and flip on the light or something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I thought, like, part of me thought something was going to happen with the light. Oh, and when I knew, I knew Jane was going to ask Penny to go to the concert with her. But I didn't put two and two together, like either. realizing that realizing that it was a plan. Like, like it was so funny. I was like, "Oh my gosh, you won the one that 
when when the Gwinnett was like, did it work? I was like, seriously, oh, such a good twist. It was such a relief for me too because when Jane sat down and said and did her little smarmy like, guess who else yes. likes Taylor oh, Swift? I got- so, so did I. Like, I. I was I like, literally, bitch. I literally like flipped her off on my TV. I like, <laughs> I'm no. glad that they're making us not like Jane a little more because at the beginning they brought her on and they kind of were like forcing us to like her. She wasn't doing anything wrong. Right. But now we've got some reasons to hate her. Yeah. And I have defended. I mean, those first few episodes where we saw Jane, I was totally on Team Jane. And I thought, you know what? Okay, it's... don't go that far. We are never Team Jane. Okay. I didn't have t-shirts printed or anything like that. But I thought she seemed like a nice woman and... And she seemed to be caught in sort of a perfect storm. I'm still team Jennifer Aniston. What? I never got over Brad and Jen breaking up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that shirt. Went to bed sometimes. Oh, my gosh. I've got a great, great person who could help. Anyway, we won't even go there. <laughs> I was going to suggest some counseling or something to help you get over the friend's uh, den- denial. Angelina's that- just not right for him. I know. Oh, oh, I get you. I get you. Gosh. Well, Susie, you are the best for calling in. Thanks for... Um, oh, can I... Oh, Yeah, sorry. do you have can something say, like, else to one say? One more thing. This is yeah. actually might be the most annoying thing of the whole episode to me. Okay. And I had to point it out to you guys. If you don't mind me mentioning Susan and MJ's situation. No, please. Okay, the, fir- the first thing I thought, I was like, take your kid to therapy. Like, he needs to see a therapist for this. I don't understand why you're, like, I don't know, maybe I'm overanalyzing it, maybe, I don't know, but I don't understand why she doesn't, like, take her, take MJ to go see a therapist about the whole thing. So you think the way he's he's acting out is just, she's not helping the situation by allowing him to to go nuts? Not, I don't think she was, like, really, but, I mean, I, I mean, by the end of the episode, of course, she, like, sat him down or whatever, but I feel like... I mean, a lot of parents in that situation, with, when they have a kid that age whose parent just died, they would take him to see a therapist and talk about it. But I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe as you just yeah. said that, I like instinctively bit my nails and was thinking about the same thing. It's like, it fleep, It makes me angry that she thinks she can do it all herself. And the only person yeah. it's hurting is MJ. And we see him. Yeah. Wh- where's the line? eating ice cream for breakfast? No, okay, maybe that's not the line. Waking up in the middle of the night and going to play violent video games? Okay, maybe that's not the line. Actually becoming violent yourself and throwing a stapler at your teacher? Maybe that's the line. Saying bullseye and you're glad you're a hitter? Where is the line and when are you going to step back and say, okay, not for me, but for my son, I need to get help. We both need to get help. But at the same time, though, remember, this is Susan is still living in this house where Mike was shot to death in the front doorway. I mean, that the fact that they're even in the house in this whole scenario and Mike is now gone. Well, Susan, I applaud her for even getting out of bed in the morning and taking care of the most basic things, because I can imagine. I mean, hopefully none of us will ever be able to imagine what exactly that is like a traumatic murder of your spouse. I mean, that's, that's some serious stuff. So, I, so I kind of give her the benefit of the benefit of the doubt by thinking that she wants to do what's right. Clearly she's not trying to make the problems for MJ worse. Right. And she thinks she's doing what's right, but you're right. In a moment of clarity, they should both be in counseling at the same time. Yeah. Julie's kind of a bitch. Julie's just so hard ass about it. And it's like, a little bit, but and Why? she, but it was the whole thing where she was 
I feel like she's trying to be the mom again. And that's something that they had just finished fighting about, Susan and Julie. Had, like, just finished fighting about how Julie was always the mom when she was little in the beginning of the season and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. And we did see when MJ was playing video games, we saw Julie grab Susan's arm saying, hey, can I talk to you? And grabbed her arm and let her out of the room, very much like a parent would do to a child. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, and also, like, throwing a stapler, maybe they could have picked something better, but I feel like, but, like, who actually throws a stapler at the teacher's face? I don't know. That was just me. And, uh, and MJ's throw of the jam was really fake. He wouldn't be able to throw it that far, I feel like, but that's just You want to talk about fake? Susan sweeping the things off the teacher's desk. By the way, the teacher's name is Mrs. Butters, which I thought was hilarious. But anyway, (laughs) sweeping it off, and then they flash to Susan's face, and the teacher goes, ow, my foot. Like, what kind of editing weird? That was a bizarre scene. You know what? I think something must have happened during the filming of that scene. I think they must have just not had all of the shots to cover their butts, because that was a really awkwardly assembled scene. So was the jam throwing. Awkward. Just awkward. But you're right, Susie, though, when he gave, like, a major league baseball pitch to yeah. the wall and what? his and, and his jam all the way on the other side of the garage. <laughs> yeah. And it was even above where Susan's had hit the wall. I kinda thought that too. Like that's a little forceful for a six year old. Yeah, and their aim is like all within a one six inch square or whatever it is. You know what I kept thinking? Yeah, Susan, this is really gonna make you feel better when you're cleaning up the Bloody, Glass, yeah. bloody jam off the wall that's very reminiscent of yeah. Mike's blood all like over your front door. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a little, it was reminiscent of like cleaning, cleaning up a bloody crime scene. All this red jam off the wall. They could have gone to the driving range. Why didn't you go to the driving range? Well, they couldn't get the film permits? Like what? Because it's better television to just drop some jam all over the place. Okay. Okay, Susie, go to bed. Thanks for calling in, and thanks for all of your thoughts and typing up the notes. Thank you guys so much. You guys uh, are the best, uh, Well, thanks for listening to us. And send your comments anytime and call in anytime. We love hearing from you. I will. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. So we've got less than 10 minutes left, and uh, I think we should talk a little more about Gabby and Carlos, because we've neglected them. a little. We haven't even touched on them. Have we not? A lot happened this episode. Okay, first of all, you are... A genius when it comes to figuring oh. out what's going to happen. No, seriously, I love <laughs> watching the show with you, Roxy, because tonight you you had it like bullseye, total bullseye on what would happen with Gabby. I think it means I watch a little too much TV. No, I <laughs> when I can start it's... calling out the shots, mm, I probably should turn off the TV. But that's why I'm here at AfterBuzz then, isn't it? It's perfect for you. So Gabby has a bit of a reality check, right? Because she says on Carlos's last day at the office, she says, you know what, this is great. And, and we're going to celebrate because I am going to meet with a woman at an employment agency and I've got my resume here and I'm going to go get a job and we're going to be fine. She thinks she's going to go out and get this fat salary at a new Six job. Figure even though she benefits. has no experience. Right. And that doesn't go so well. Not a shock, right? But you totally called it when Gabby was having her meltdown after the meeting with the employment agency woman didn't mm-hmm. go so well. She made a stop at the really high-end department store and went... Shopping spree. And you know what? I love me some retail therapy, I've got to tell you. 
I do. You so, do? Yeah, so I can identify with that. Yeah, haven't you ever had a bad day and you buy yourself something just to make yourself feel a little better? I avoid at all costs. And, and unfortunately, my thing is like, I'm going to eat some cookie dough. I'm going to go eat some cookie dough. You should come to my house because I have homemade cookie dough frozen in little balls ready to go in Tupperware containers in the freezer. Stop, stop it. I do. I do. I make a huge batch in my kitchen. Anyway, another show. So she goes in and it's amazing how she's got her little army of shoppers and she says, hmm, this blouse, what's it going to be? Uh, this clutch, those shoes, that, 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 and she makes has, the romper work that's never worked before. I know, I know. She clearly has a knack for putting together outfits. No surprise, since she has her history of modeling and she's always had an eye for nice things. And I love how everyone's standing around in the department store bursts into applause. It's awesome. So, Roxy, you totally called it and said, "Wow, they're going to hire her, and she's going to be some sort of personal shopper." I know it. Yeah, but you know what? I actually enjoyed this because sometimes I think it could be cheesy and she could go get a job and it could be like, oh, there's no way she would have gotten that job or that's TV, whatever. But I think this is an important lesson. Do what you love and love what you do. And when you are thinking about what you want to do with your life, what do you enjoy? Yes. What makes you happy? What do doesn't you want feel to like spend work? Your time doing? Exactly. What do you find yourself doing on your off time? Like, I come here way too much because it's not work for me. I like after to be buzz, here. After buzz. After buzz. Exactly. You know what I mean? Things like this. If you if you love doing what you work, you'll never work a day in your life or whatever that's Absolutely. Is. And so when Gabby's there, come on, that's the perfect job for her. I know. And 40% off? Hell yeah, I'll well, take it. Well, and why wasn't, I was thinking, why didn't I think of this job for Gabby? Hello? Right. She's perfect at that. She loves to shop. She loves, I can't imagine anything better for her. Right. So I want to see this storyline develop. Even though we only have a, a few more episodes in this entire series, I want to see her go and kick ass How in this new career. How are we going to see that? We, we don't even have time. How are we going to see her work her way up? Well, I don't know. You'll just have to call Eva Longoria when the show is over and check and in with how her it's going. and ask how, how it's going. Okay, Eva, do you, I know that you're not actually Gabby, but in Gabby's life, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. What? Listen, super fans, we always think of our actors as their character forever. Eva Longoria will always be Gabby to me. Marsha Cross will always be Brie. Yeah, that especially Marsha Cross. She's such a Brie. I just, I, I don't know. Eva Longoria and... I don't know. Are you saying Marsha Cross will never have another acting job again? No, she definitely, definitely will. She's very talented. Doing apple juice just, commercials. Her look is so unique that when I see her, it's Brie. Like Eva Longoria is gorgeous, beautiful, but I see her as a million. I see her more as Eva Longoria. Yeah. More than I see her as But imagine Marsha Cross if she got a really short haircut, like a boy haircut, and did That's some true. sort of. I mean, who that knows? Was like a big whore. Yeah. Although we kind of saw that this season. We did see a little bit of that. Who knows? It'll be interesting to see where these ladies go. And oh, yeah. uh, I, I can't wait to see where the Eva Longoria storyline goes. As long as we're um, – we've got a little bit of news and gossip, so why don't we talk about that uh, just for a moment. Is that cool, Phil? After Buzz TV News. Okay, so I know last week on the show we were talking a little bit about this seemingly endless trial that's been going on between Nicolette Sheridan's camp and Mark Cherry's camp over at ABC for Desperate Housewives. Right. And just as a quick recap, she was suing for about $6 million, I mm-hmm. think, $5.6 million. Uh, and her claim was that she was fired in retaliation for being difficult on set after this incident where she was allegedly hit by Mark, Mark Cherry. 
he said Ta- he, tapped on the back of the tapped head. on the back of the head, and he said or that abused. he tapped her on the back of the head for artistic direction. She disagreed. Whatever. Anyway, we've given you all the details of the case. I'm sure some of you have read about it online. But the big news that actually happened a week ago, so uh, but it was after our show taping, is that the jury was deadlocked, so they didn't actually reach a verdict. And now, who knows what's going to happen? I just see her as a little drowning person who's like, gotta get air, gotta get air, gotta suck all the life out of everybody else. I've never met her, so I can't say for certain, but every single person has come to Mark Cherry's defense. How could everybody else be lying? I just don't see it happening. And she's just sucking the life out of this and wanting to get more attention. And it's deadlocked right now. And the jury's mostly female. If anything, they should have sided with her. She's clearly, I mean, I think. I think, by the way, it was one other juror would have made all the difference. Yeah. I think they only needed one more vote. Who knows? But it'll be interesting to see if they decide to appeal this, if they decide to bring another lawsuit. Um, We were talking about how her, her money, her pockets got to be empty. Well, I, in a case like this, you would think that she's spending a well, ton of before, money. Before, before, uh, before you guys continue, I know yeah. what you guys have to say is important, and everyone's going to laugh at me for the segue, but every vote does count, and uh, there's another <laughs> ABC show out team there. Team Enough! That's right, Team Enough. Uh, team Enough is Maria Menounos' and Derek Huff's, um, you know... Uh, Dancing with the Stars! Dancing with the Stars It name. should be me. It, it, it should, it should, be, should this, be Derek. Are you I'm a sorry. dancer? Are you kidding? Am I not a dancer? Hello. No, I'm pretty good. I, I don't anyway, go, go to AfterBuzzTV.com and uh, Murray teaches you how to vote, and um, along with Derek. And so make sure to vote tomorrow night. It's super, super important. Why? Why not? It's she's she started the network. Without her, there is no us. And, and so let's see her dance all the way to the top. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. AfterBuzz is getting a lot of PR thanks to Maria and Dancing with the Stars. And I just have to say, my favorite tweet of this past week was Paul Pierce. I mean, being from Boston, that just like melted my little heart that he tweeted about AfterBuzz. It was pretty awesome. I was like, oh, you know, we get Kim Kardashian. We have you want to hear? You want to hear an exclusive though? Yeah. Uh, so Vanessa Williams is a fan of the show, and Vanessa Williams is a huge fan of Maria and vice versa and uh, Vanessa Williams may do the show for Dancing with the Stars be a special guest and in turn I could get to talk to her and be like hey we also do Desperate hello we would love to have Vanessa Williams oh, in studio. Oh, maybe for the finale, that would be great. That would be killer. I still think Good we thing should we've dress up no as shit women. about her. We love her. Dress, I know. That's She's what I'm saying. one of our favorites. Re- dress up as the women. We should definitely. Well, definitely. I think the number for Dancing with the Stars to vote for them is 800 vote four zero one. They're number one. They're num- team number one. But you've got to call while the show. There's a specific window in your time zones, yeah. and it's got to be the evening the show airs. And the time zone is according to your area code, which I found out the hard way, which was stupid on my part. Uh, Oh, interesting. Since you have an East Coast area code, you had a call during the East Coast time zone. Got it. It's rough. Well, everybody vote, obviously, team Manuff. And you know what? If I'm a little biased, of course, because I've known Maria for 10 years and I love her. But she's a phenomenal dancer. She is a phenomenal dancer. So She's just a phenomenal. Yes. <laughs> so uh, thanks, everybody. Is that, all, is that all for your plugs, Phil? That's all I got. Great. Well, that's all of our news and gossip. So let's get right into some predictions for next week. You're not week. stuck in my head now. What? Phenomena. Phenomena. So, oh my gosh. In next week's tease, we did see Brie 
getting hauled off in handcuffs. We didn't even talk about that. They intercepted that call. I know. That's right. The guy listening in the van. Oh, they have a warrant for her arrest and taking her down to the station or coffee house. Yeah, I think she's going to be let off on some technicality and there will be some sort of issue with this. I don't know. If we had another season, absolutely, but... Do you think we'll see the deceased man's ex-wife and daughter again? Will we see them? I don't know, but remember, the daughter's name on the show was Marissa, and I talked to her at the Gifting Suite. That's right. She was the most friendly, awesome person, so she's going to soar. And I don't know if we're going to see them again. Did you ask her if she was going to be making another appearance on Desperate Housewives for the... I didn't ask her. I didn't ask her, but I don't think we got her information. Maybe we could... Maybe we could contact Maybe we could get a little see. bit of an exclusive. And try to get an exclusive. I just have my fingers crossed that Bree does not end up behind bars because if this series ends and she's in jail for the rest of her life, that's going to be a total you, bummer. I don't really mind. I mean, if I don't have to watch it, I don't really care. That's horrible. I'm sorry. I'm not so- talking about Marsha Cross. <laughs> I'm talking about... Oh, gosh. Well, I do not like... I will not be able to sleep at night if that happens. Well, that might be a bit dramatic. Hey, so Gabby and Carlos. Gabby's going to go off. My prediction. She'll have this beginning to a phenomenal career. Lynette and Tom... I don't know. Hasta la vista, Jane. Tom really blew off Jane when she wanted some sexy time. But we see that he hands her the divorce papers, or actually Jane hands Lynette the divorce papers. And Lynette throws green paint on Jane. Go, Team Lynette. Why is Lynette painting with green? We don't know yet. Who You're knows? Have to stay tuned. And Renee and Ben will live happily ever after. And Andrew will live his confused, gay, straight, whatever he's doing life, right? Yep. Time will only tell, folks. So thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks, Susie, for calling in. For the rest of you, please rate us on iTunes, please tweet at us uh, Roxy Stryer, Derek Shore, After Buzz and uh, we will see you all next week From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire After Buzz TV staff we would like to thank you for listening to the After Buzz TV network To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz, yeah. Later. Later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 